God has some things for us in this, in this area of kingdom generosity. We've been talking about it for a few weeks, and it's one of the things that God is, isn't, you know, it's funny sometimes how God talks to you and he speaks to you about things, and then the more you dwell in that thing, the more you begin to, to mine it, if you know what I mean. Like you begin to dig into the deeper things. And over the last few weeks, as we've been talking about generosity, it just keeps coming up and up, and God keeps showing me new and new things, and, and uh, I believe it is for you as well. There's a verse I want us to start with today, actually. Hold your finger in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, or put a bookmark there. And then if you would first go to Gen- Proverbs 10, 22. We're going to go there first. As we've been proposing every Sunday, and we're going to continue, kind of the key thought is... That God wants to change our world through the generosity of his sons and daughters. That God actually has a plan for generosity to transform our culture, our region. If you just on our tables and throughout much of what we do, we have this little card that has our, our mission statement on it. You know, that God is calling us to be a revival church, a church that changes not only Gurney but the region with his supernatural love and power. And so one of the things that we feel like in order to do that, that in order to expand the, the, the mission that God has given us and to take it out into the world that, he's, that he has for us, it just takes it just resources, doesn't it? Takes resources, takes some things that God has wanted us to do. So that's part of what we're talking about is that God wants to use the generosity of us to transform our world. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, it says this It is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. You know, one of the things that with the, with, when it comes to the money in the church or talking about money, oh man, I'm so sick of. Two things. I'm really sick of two things. I was growing up at church. Can we, hey, uh, can we flip all the lights on for a second? Can we get those up? When I was growing up in the church, there was two things that bugged me greatly. Number one was when the preacher would get up and he would start twisting people's arm to give more money. Did that just make a bunch of noise? <laughs> okay, Mike, keep an eye on it, buddy. Don't let it fall down on anybody's head. Okay. <laughs> one of the things that... Uh, what bugged me as a kid was that the preacher would get up, and if they needed money for, let's say, a new building or some kind of project, they would just keep pounding away on it. And almost like a guilt-type thing would, would say, oh, you need to give, need to give, need to give, until finally they would, and they wouldn't leave. Have you guys ever been in these situations where the preacher would, or the, the guy would come in, and he would try to raise money in the church? And I get it. They wanted to raise money to do a good thing, but it always felt like they were twisting my arm to give, and you know, even if I didn't want to, they were still going to get the money out of me kind of thing. That always bugged me a lot when churches were, were used that way. Now, their hearts may have been good. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that's how it felt to me. But the other thing that I felt like as a kid was in the area of ties. We're going to talk about ties a little bit today. In the area of ties was this idea, too, that there was this there was blessing in the, cur- in, the, in the tithe, but there was this curse. Like somehow there was this heaviness and this really dark thing in terms of my giving, and God was going to get my money whether I wanted to give it or not. And I just, I, didn't, I never felt good with the tithe because I always felt like it was so much pressure. Anybody ever feel that in church? Just raise your hand. Anybody feel that? Okay. So two of the things I don't want to do, and I'm going to make sure that we don't do it here, is number one, we're not going to try to twist your arm to get any money out of anybody. Because like I said last week, God has control. He has all the money. Whether he uses my money or somebody else's money, it doesn't really matter. He's still going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, I believe. 
because so many of us are on board with what he's doing. Amen? So I'm not going to worry about that. What I do am vitally concerned with is each of us as individuals responding to what God is doing in, in our hearts, in your heart and in my heart. Because as we're going to find today, when God brings riches and blessing, it doesn't come with sorrows. There's no, there's no hook on it. There's no, you know, downside, if you will, to what God blesses his people. And I love this proverb. He says, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. How many of you have ever felt the blessing of the Lord just in, in not only his love and, and worship and that kind of thing, but actual like a tangible blessing? God opened up a door for you or he provided a job or some fine. How many of you have felt the blessing of the Lord in that way, right? How many of you love it when you, God hits you with that stuff and there doesn't feel like there's any strings attached, right? It's just God just loves me and he just wants to bless me. And there's no sorrow with it. And I love that the proverb here, God says, listen, I'm going to bless you, and there's not going to be any sorrow to it. Whatever, whenever blessing and increase is the result of seeking something else, it is blessed and has no sorrow. In other words, if I'm doing the kingdom, if I'm listening to God and I'm obeying what he says, there's going to be increase. There's going to be good things that come as a result of that. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? But how many of you know people that go after money with everything? Do you know people like this? Like it's money is the most important thing, and it's work, 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 and it's I got to do this, and I got these trades, and I got to do all this stuff, right? How many of you find that those people are generally not the happiest people you ever know, right? You see, there's this kingdom principle that says, Remember Jesus? Some of you remember this verse. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what does it say? And all these things will be added unto you. And he's talking about the stuff, right? And so basically what God is saying is keep your eye on what is most important and go after the kingdom and do the right things. He says, and if you'll do that, then all this other stuff is going to come. The blessing is going to come. If we will pursue God, he's going to bless us. He's going to do all this stuff, right? But if we go after it the wrong way, if we go after money with the wrong purpose, then we're going to find out that it has a cost, don't we? It has a cost in our time, our effort, our joy, all those things, right? Blessing and increase is supposed to be the result of correct priorities. Seek first the kingdom of God. We're actually going to look a little closer at that next Sunday. But... Um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So with that thought in mind that God wants to bless you and he doesn't want any hooks on it, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to just read that passage we've read for a couple weeks now. And we're going to be focusing on the last couple verses this morning. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11 says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10 now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity result in thanksgiving to God. Let's pray. 
Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for all that you've done in our midst, even up to this point. Lord, I thank you that even like your love, you want to pour it out more and more. I thank you that even now, you want to give us greater revelation. You want to grant us greater understanding, and you want to bless us. Father, your, your desire for us is to be wealthy and abundant and healthy in all of these areas, God. You have good things for us. And so, Lord, give us the thinking that you have, not so much the thinking that we have had from our childhood or from other places or how the world thinks. God, we want to think like you think today. Right, just put your hand on your head just for a second right now. Lord, I want to think like you think. Go ahead. If you say, make that your prayer right now, declaration. Lord, I want to think like you think. My thoughts are your thoughts. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, get ready. You're going to have new brains, new thoughts, amen, new things this morning. Verse 10 is really the whole emphasis, if you will, of this kingdom generosity thing. As I was talking to Kathy and some of the other leadership, Kathy with decorating the tables. By the way, Kathy Nash, right here, raise your hand. I'm just going to heap some praise on you right now. Boom. Does she do a great job decorating these tables and stuff? Every, she's the one that makes this happen for us. And she's also the one that provides free bread for everybody to eat every Sunday. So <laughs> she's the one that makes that happen. But when we began to talk about this series and we said, listen, you know, what is, the, what is at the bottom line of what, what, what it is God wants us to do? He wants us to be generous. He wants us to be people that aren't stingy but generous, and not just generous in a human understanding, but in a kingdom generosity. I want you to go back and read, look at verse 10 and 11 with me, if you would, this morning. Verse 10 says this, Now he who supplies seed, here we go, let's get you on the right slide there. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, everybody say, seed to the sower, now, he used to provide seed to the sower and bread for food. Say, bread for food. Bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Okay, everybody, reach forward. And if you haven't already, I see some of the bread has already been eaten. <laughs> but reach forward. I want you to break the bread. And everybody just take a little piece of bread at your table. Go ahead and do that. And it is good, too, man. It is soft. It smells good. <laughs> That's just like God, isn't it? <laughs> Give us the good stuff. <laughs> Tear in half. And you can start eating it, too, if you want. If you want to eat a little bit while I'm talking, that's fine. It's like, we need butter and jelly, though, right? We should have had that. Sorry. A little glass of milk, coffee, something. <laughs> I know. She just left the room. Actually, your, uh, your pastor's wife... Your pastor's wife said, we need to put jelly and butter on every table. And I was like, no, bread will be good enough. And you're all like, yeah, you should have listened to your wife, buddy. <laughs> bread for food. Say it with me. Bread for food. Can I ask you a question? Who's given the bread for food? Who is? Say it really loud. God, Jesus. You're right. All of the above. God gives the bread for, now, now listen, this is really important because in our world and sometimes even in the church it creeps in that people will say, well, I worked this job and I made all this money and God has no, no nothing to it. Okay, the Bible is very clear on this one thing, that God is the one who gives you the ability to make money, right? 
God is the one that gives you the ability to have muscles, to work, to do all these things, manpower. My, my kids are in school right now, and they're studying evolution. A couple of them are studying evolution. <laughs> now, mind you, I'm not a huge evolutionist in the terms of, like, how that was, life was created. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that. And so they'll come home, and we talk. And my kids are really smart in this area. They're like, Dad this is so stupid. A frog became a this and a whatever, you know. And there's this mental thing going on when you talk about evolution that, that things are, that man really kind of, if you will, created himself. You know, like we're just, we're just, there's no other thing out there. It's just me and I am the one that made these things happen. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'll look at some of the evolutionary tract and I'll think, wow, there is no way that was anything but God. Like, the, my kids were describing a certain body part. I think it was, like, their kidneys or something. And, and uh, <laughs> Sam was talking about how this thing just, they, they say this part of the body just, just uh, evolved and developed because of this need in mankind to get rid of this impurity and whatever. And then he looked at me and he goes, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, he just kind of laughed. Because here's the thought. God made our bodies the way our bodies are made, right? There is nothing in, in you or about you. In fact, the Bible is very clear on this. God says that, that, that we are made in God's image, Genesis, right? And there's, a, there's the thought process that says in the world, well, I just evolved and I became this, and so anything I do to work or make or create is all mine. But I'm telling you, the Bible is very very specific that that is not the case, that God gives you the ability and the mental, and he created you with God really inside of you. You were made in the image of God. And I love how, the, how it says in Genesis, and, and they, they do it as a, it's a group effort, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It says, in, in, in the image of God, we created him. We created him. Like, like there's, there's, there's divinity in each and every one of us. That God has made you creative. He has made you powerful. He has made you with ability to, to make and earn money. I was reading something this week. Do you know that even the poverty level in the United States, in other words, if you make less than $11,000 a year, I don't think there's very many people here making less than $11,000 a year, but even in the United States, if you make less than $11,000 a year, you're still in the top 5% of the world. So even when we consider poverty, it's actually better than most of the world is doing. Think about that just for a second, right? And so we look at what we have, and so oftentimes people in church or people that are, that are thinking about possibly being generous, you'd say, well, I don't have enough to give. I want to tell you this morning, look me right in the eye, you and I have enough to be generous. We have enough to be generous. The problem is we don't necessarily always want to be generous. We kind of tend to hold on to our stuff. But God, in his infinite love and wisdom, says this, I have given you bread to eat. I have actually given this to you. It's not evolution. It's not your own creation. It's not all of your own. Now, those things are all good. Don't get me wrong. And I think that God actually makes us more creative and more powerful and with greater understanding to make more money. But the Bible says this. He says, listen, he who gives bread for food, he supplies bread for the seed for the sower and bread for food is also going to provide everything else you need. Now, in the front of your table, you'll notice 
uh, in the jar are some seeds. Now, mind you, these are sunflower seeds. They're probably not going to go make any. Yep, go ahead. Help yourself, Mike. It's fine. If you guys want to take some seeds, dig on in. We got more, right? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> go ahead if you want some seeds. I know some of you like that as well. But here's the thing. Those seeds are indicative of one thing. They are for sowing. They are for taking and throwing out into the dirt or whatever it is that allows things to grow. Now, here's the thought that always struck me. So many people that think they make all their money are eating their bread and they're eating their seed. But God says, listen, I've actually divided this thing up. I want you to think about your income, how you, whatever money you have coming in. Do you realize that in the income that we make, God says, listen, part of it I'm blessing you with. It's bread. It tastes good. It's for consumption, right? It's for you to enjoy. <laughs> Put a little butter on, honey on it, peanut butter, whatever you like, you know. It's for you to enjoy. This is how good God is. He says, listen, I want to give you good things. I want to bless you. Proverbs said, listen, when the Lord gives it, it's all good. There's no strings. There's no sorrow. There is part of what you make that God has specifically set aside for you to enjoy. Anybody say amen with me? And we have a lot to enjoy, I think, too. But he has also said, listen, I'm giving you seed for sowing. Now, mind you, these are sunflower seeds, so these taste good. But just imagine the, the kind of seeds like, like we've been planting some stuff at our house little corn and little, you know, beans and tomatoes and all that stuff. That doesn't look very appetizing to me when I see a little thing of all these other seeds. And yet so many people are eating their seed and their bread. And God says, listen, I don't, I, I don't want you to eat your, I want you to eat the bread and do something else with the seed. So you look at in your wallet, if you just look in your wallet or you look at your bank account, there are things that God has said, listen, these have specific tasks that I want to, to, to accomplish. Part of it's for eating and part of it's for sowing. I uh, was listening to a, a Bill Johnson thing one time, and I think I might have mentioned this to some of you, but he has a son named Brian. He does a lot of the worship stuff. If you hear the Bethel worship stuff, um, his son Brian and his uh, daughter-in-law actually lead that whole thing. And I guess Brian plays the, the guitar. He loves the guitar. He's been doing it for years. And so when you see him worship, you see him with the guitar. And Bill tells this story. He says that, you know, I think it's a hypothetical story, actually. But he says, what if I gave, if I saw my son playing the guitar and I said, hey, I want to bless my son. And so he goes out and he has a guitar handmade by a professional, like a really good guitar maker, spends a lot of money on it, pours his love into it, and then, he's, and then when, after months and months when it's all done, he presents it to his son. He says, here, Brian, I want you to have this guitar. I poured my love and my money and everything into it. Here, I want, I want it. It's for you. And Brian says, hey, that is awesome. Thanks, Dad. And he takes the guitar and, and goes. So then Bill says, he says, you know, for the next couple of weeks, I'm watching to see if the guitar that I've given my son, you know, is it going to make an appearance on the stage with the worship team? You know, am I going to see this thing? And weeks go by and no, no guitar, no guitar, no guitar. Finally, he goes to Brian. He says, listen, Brian, 
you know, I gave you that really sweet guitar. I mean, what are you doing with it? And Brian says, oh, well, I saw somebody else needed a guitar, so I just gave that guitar to them. And Bill says, well, that guitar was for you. That wasn't for somebody else. That was for you. In essence, he was saying, that guitar was bread that I've given you to enjoy. And I think sometimes it's important because we can make a mistake in one of two ways. We can, we can take the bread that's supposed to be our, for us to enjoy and give our bread away. That's one mistake we can make. In other words, we give too much. The things that God wants you to enjoy, he wants you to enjoy them. But then we can also make the mistake of the seed that we're supposed to be throwing out for the kingdom to increase the kingdom. We can be eating that instead. So the same mistake flipped around. You can give away your bread and you can be eating your seed. And both of them are wrong. I want to tell you today, God wants to bless you. He's given you bread to eat. Not just Kathy. God has given you bread to eat. God has given you bread to eat, but he's also set aside some stuff for giving. So real quick this morning, I want to just touch on two areas. We're giving two areas of seed, two areas of seed. Number one, obviously, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you know the next word that's going to come out of my mouth is tithe. (laughs) Tithe. The tithe is 10%. For those of you that are new to church or maybe listening online, the tithe is 10%. It actually is from cover to cover in the Bible. It is old. Here's the interesting thing. It's not just in the Old Covenant. It's actually pre-Old Covenant. It's Abrahamic with Melchizedek all the way back in Genesis. It's also in the, in the, in the Old Testament, in the, in, the, in the Old Covenant. And then Jesus talks about the tithe in the New Testament in a couple different places. Now, not specific teaching, but he really references in terms of don't, stop doing this, but actually do more, okay? So we find the verse that most people talk about in the area of tithing is Malachi chapter 3, if you want to turn there. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 10. It says this, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Now we're going to come back and look at this verse a little, uh, little more. But just for the next five minutes, I want you to take a break at your table. And I want any of you at the table that have a tithing testimony. In other words, you began to tithe, and God actually did what this verse says, okay? So if you have a tithing testimony, you share, and just take about five minutes at your table, and uh, let's share some of the, the testimonies of tithing. Go ahead. Go.
Okay, about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds. All right. All right. That's really fun. How many of you heard a testimony about giving and tithing that you hadn't heard before? Just raise your hand. You heard a new one right there. Okay. That's good. We, uh, there's so much I want to do before we finish up today. So let's, I want to do this quick. I want you to take this verse and I want you to go and read it on your own. Okay. I know, you know, again, I'm not that preacher trying to get money out of you because God's going to do what he wants to do with, our, with the kingdom with us. This isn't about me or this church. It's about you. It's about you and how God wants to bless you and use your obedience. The curse part in there, it is. I don't really feel like the curse part is the new covenant as much. But here's the thing. God gives money and blessing. And what does it say in Proverbs? Without sorrow. There's no sorrow attached to it. When God wants to bless you and allow your money to be used, some things for your own consumption in bread and other things are seed that need to be planted. (laughs) I'm not a huge garden guy. I made a mistake. I bought seeds this year, and they're still sitting on my counter. I didn't do anything with them. And I'm like, yeah, probably not too late, but maybe I'll, you know. But I've, I, I've walked by and I've seen these, these seeds just sitting there. And I think, how stupid. Seeds are only effective if you do something with them, right? You actually put them in the ground. When you sow seeds, you actually release the supernatural because that tiny little seed does what? Gets into the ground, starts getting roots, starts to grow. Pretty soon you got something that you never had before. That is the whole idea with tithe. When we give the tithe, it's 10%. Folks, I will tell you this. It is ground-level stuff. This is like Christianity 101 stuff. This is, hey, God, you've given me bread and you've given me seed. I'm not going to eat my seed. I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to throw it back and give it back to the, to the kingdom. Amen? Are you with me? So there's a lot in, in this. We may come back around and visit it on a later date. But for the sake of time, I want to I move ahead with a couple of things. The part of verse 10 on this where it says that God says, test me now in this. Do you know that's the only place in the Bible it actually says that? That's the only spot. I mean, money's a big deal to us. How many of you know God knows that money's a big deal to us? And he says, listen, I'm putting my cards on the table. Test me now in this and see if I will not open the windows of heaven. And pour out blessing until it overflows. You want to know what I think is true? I think that it's supernatural when we cast our seeds, when we put our seeds back into the kingdom, and we say, Lord, I'm not going to eat the seed. I'm only going to eat the bread. I'm going to set aside the money you said to set aside. I'm throwing it back into the kingdom. And then supernatural, exponential things begin to happen, doesn't it? Like that one little tomato plant we talked about before, the one little seed, boom, all of a sudden you got... 50 bajillion tomatoes, and you can't even eat them all, right? Because there's so many coming off the plant, right? That's what happens. It's supernatural in origin. Opening up the windows of heaven, I'm telling you, it's just about getting money back. It's about God saying, listen, I want to do supernatural things on this earth. And part of it is because you are faithful and because you're taking the seed and you're throwing it out and you're not eating it. You eat the bread 
and you sow the seed. Amen? So the second thing is not only the, the, the tithe, which is the first 10%, but how many of you know there's kingdom giving on top of that? Right? There's times where we say, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And God says, I'm glad you said that because here's what I want you to do. How many of you would raise your hand? Now, I don't want you to, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but how many of you would raise your hand and say, God has asked you to give a crazy amount of money to somebody or something that really scared you when he asked you to do it? How many raise your hand and say that? <laughs> okay. Now, it's, it's crazy, but it's really fun at the same time, isn't it? Like God gives you that little thing and your heart goes, whew, really? That much money to that person? Are you kidding me? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> you know, and you go ahead and you're faithful, and then good things happen all the way around. We, uh, uh, I want you to come. Shannon uh, has been on a journey with, with all of this and with us, and uh, I just wanted to share her story a little bit this morning, uh, uh, testimony of what God has, has done and is doing in, in her life, okay? So, um, got to back up a little bit. Uh, I was having a hard time financially just with paying my bills and paying things the right way. I wasn't tithing. It's not a good thing that I did that, but at the time I was like, oh, and I just let worry get in. But some things happened, and I realized that I really had to prioritize doing this and giving God what was his. And, and so I started, I was like, God, I'm doing this. I'm paying my tithe. I'm going to do things right. So I finally got everything together and I paid my tithes. And the next day my car broke down, like the engine gone. I had no car. And I was like, oh no, what do I do? I need a car. I'm a single mom. I have to work. My bosses are right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> they kind of need me at work. So um, I said, okay, God, I don't know what to do, but you'll figure it out for me. And he did. I actually had, I didn't have a day where I didn't have a car. And then um, someone was loaning me their car. And then um, I said, I, okay, great. I'm borrowing someone's car now. I can't borrow it forever, so what do I do? And um, Andrew Kelly actually found me a car. It's a Saab. It's, it runs really well. And it was only, I think at the time he said it was going to be like $350. And so it's an older car, but $350. And I'm like, okay, great. Where am I going to get $350? Um, and I'm like, okay, God, I trust you. I said I would trust you. I trust you. So a couple of days later, this person came to me and said, you know what? You're awesome, and we love you, and we heard about your car situation, and you work so hard, and we see the person that you are. We want to give you $350. So they gave me $350. <laughs> Then I found out that the car was actually $200. So <laughs> I ended up making money off the deal, kind of, sort of, because I had to do all the paperwork and stuff. Well, then my old car, the one with the dead motor that was just actually sitting in the Kelly's yard, um, Andrew found someone who wanted to buy it, and he's a mechanic, and he wants to fix it up. And so Andrew and I put an amount of just $500 in our head. We were hoping to get $500, which seems like a lot for a car that doesn't run. But hey, he knows. So um, I just waited and waited and waited, and I was actually about to lead worship one day, and God told me, that car's going to sell, and you're going to give that money to Steve and Jody. And I said, okay. 
It was the happiest decision I've ever made in my life. I've never been so happy to give away money. And I kept going to Andrew, and I said, Andrew, has the car sold yet? Because I really want to give them this money. And he's like, no, 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 I, yeah, yeah, my friend's coming, such and such a day, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, can you tell them that they're going to leave soon, and I really need to give them this money, so can you ask him if he could please come, you know, soon? So anyway, yesterday, he came. He actually paid $400 for the car, cash. And so Andrew came in this morning, gave me the $400, and I was up at worship practice, and it was sitting on the stand. And I'm like, oh, I need them to get here because I really want to give them this money. So he walked in the door and he was going to ask me a question. And I literally was like, here. (laughs) And he's like, what's this? And I said, this is my sowing into you. This is what I want to give to you to bless you. They have blessed me a million times over. And really, honestly, $400 isn't enough to even think about repaying them. But it's not about that. It's about just how much God told me to do it, and so I wanted to, and how much I love them on top of that. And so anyway, that's my story of how God took something like crazy, my bad (laughs) situation, and turned it into something that ended up being really good for everyone, and I was able to bless two people I love a lot. So actually six people. She's a, it's funny, we have this conversation often, and we talked, we've talked in staff meeting and different things about the bread and the seed, and, and so she kind of hesitated on the seed thing part there, but how many of you know, <laughs> when God, when she decided to start tithing, a couple of things happened. Number one, the enemy came in really hard on her, didn't he? You want to tithe? Great. Bam, your car's dead. Now what are you going to do? And that was a test, wasn't it? What, is that, what did that scripture just say to us? Test me now in this and see if I will not do this and this and this, God says. I will tell you right now, you decide to start taking your seed and sowing it into the church and the kingdom and other places. You start doing the tithing, there's going to be a test. I can almost guarantee you there'll be some kind of a bill that pops up or some kind of a challenge financially, and you'll be at that place going, do I keep tithing or do I give in to my circumstance and start eating my seed? And I want to challenge you this morning. Just eat your bread, the good things that God has given you, the 90%, the 80%, whatever that is for you, and leave the seed alone. Because when we will do that, I mean, it was funny because here she's tested, she tithes, and then that day, bam, the car breaks down. Then all that miracle happened of all the selling and the people giving and all that. I mean, we release God's supernatural power. God was released into that situation, wasn't he? Now she's re- confronted with a second part, and this is the second part of the verse in, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians. Let's go back real quick, verse 10 and 11. Now, We'll close with this. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, the seed you have, God has supplied it. He's already kind of designated this certain part of our income as seed, right? He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of bread. Is that what it says? Does it say that? Stay with me. See, this is a quiz. <laughs> it doesn't say he's going to increase your bread. What does it say? He's going to increase your, your store of seed. You see, when we're obedient, when we eat our bread and we, we give away our seed, when we do that, it actually makes what? 
More seed. It actually makes our storehouse of seed larger. Again, I'm not very agrarian. I'm not very, you know, gardeny or, or, you know, I'm not a farmer and that kind of stuff. But I do know this, that when you plant something, part of it is for harvesting and all that. And the other part of it is you turn around and you make a seed. Did you guys ever see the movie The Martian? Did you see this one? Where he's up on Mars and the whole thing. And he makes potatoes out of the thing. Oh, man, I love that movie. Um, he takes Martian dirt and some human dirt and he makes the and he has these potatoes and he's talking to the camera Jody and I watched it just this week he looks at the camera and he says this he says all these potatoes started to grow and he's dead these ones the small ones I'm going to turn around and plant again and the other ones are going to be my food and I thought that almost did my sermon right there in this movie right because God says, listen, some of what your harvest is when you begin to get this thing rolling is I'm going to actually increase your seed. I'm going to increase your capacity to give to more things and more people. Now, <laughs> this is where it gets really fun. How many of you like to give? How many of you like to bless people? Somebody even this week said, you know, I was talking about tipping 100% last week and doing all this. And somebody came back and said, I did it. And he said, the smile on their face was worth it all. <laughs> right? I'm not going to mention their name, but his initials are Joe Valpandesta. Okay. So, bless you, Joe. But Joe went out and he, and, he, and he started throwing some seed around, right? He started saying, listen, I'm going to bless. And here's the thing. Giving is fun. And God put that inside of you. And he says, listen, if you'll be obedient to just eat the part that I've set aside for you for food, for your rent, for your kids and all that, you know, the stuff you need. And he says, but the other part, the 10%, and then who knows, maybe, maybe 20%. God wants you to give. If you'll be faithful and begin to sow those seeds, he says, listen, I'm going to provide you with seed, but I'm going to increase your storehouse of the ability to give. And that excites me because then I go, listen, not only do I get to only give 10%, Maybe we can start to give 20% or 25%. Maybe this greater chunk of my income, I can live on this and be blessed and have abundance, but I also get to throw back into the kingdom. What does it say? Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. Anybody here want to be enriched in every way? <laughs> that feels right, doesn't it? And it's not a wish. He says, you will be. If you will be obedient to the bread and the seed, he says, listen, you will be enriched in every way. Is the verse up there? What's it say? So, read it with me. So that you can be generous on every occasion. Do you understand where this is going? When we're obedient to the little things, God will increase it into bigger things. There's a several parables in the New Testament about this, right? If I will be faithful in the little, God will increase it. And here's the thing. As we are faithful with the seed and, and, and making sure I don't eat it, but I sow it, God says, listen. I'm going to make you more generous so that I'm going to give you more and more and more so that you can continue being generous on every occasion. Here's what a dream is. What if the dream in our hearts was this? God, I want to give abundantly more than actually what I'm giving. I want to, okay, in the Bible there's actually a spiritual gift of giving. Did you know this? Spiritual gift of giving. It's where you actually begin to flip it. Your life begins to flip. See, right now we live on 90% and we give away the tithe 10%, right? But as 
generosity. And as these principles begin to increase in us, it begins to go, you know, 80, 20, 70, 30, 60, 40. Like God begins to bless you and give you so much that the abundance, you're still basically living on the bread. You're, you're living on the good stuff. But God is actually increasing your ability to give. Do you know there are some people... Uh, I've read many stories about this. Some of the, the famous industrialists, even in the, in, the, in, the, in the early 1900s, they had so much money through the railroads and all the stuff, the oil and all this stuff, that they, one in particular, he began to give so much away that he had so much money, he was actually living on 10% and giving away 90%. Come on. Wouldn't it be awesome if you had everything you needed in the 10% and you could actually be, spend your life giving money away to the, with the 90%? Does that sound like fun to anybody? See, he says, listen, if you will do this, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Why don't you stand with me this morning? <laughs> Woo. So here's the question we need to ask this morning as we close. I want you just to close your eyes. Close your eyes. And I want you just to ask God a simple question. Say, Lord, what part of my income, my revenue, my resources, what part is bread for me to eat? And what part of it is seed for me to give away? And the tithe to other offerings, to bless people, to tip waitresses, whatever. <laughs> you know, it starts with a tithe and then it moves on from there. So you ask God, say, God, what percentage of my income is bread and what percentage of my income do you want me to, to give away? Just ask him that. part is bread for me to consume.